Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? For the next 24 minutes, we're going to design and attain your ideal life. On the Way to Wow Show. Together, we'll find the ideal path to get you back on the track to success and happiness. On the Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. Namaste and welcome from crazy Los Angeles. Think about a tripod. It's the only structure that's inherently stable. Three legs, whether they're long, short, or in between, and they're all different, will still rest stable. On two legs, we wobble. On four, one is inevitably gonna be out of alignment with the other three. That's why there's three pillars of attainment. When we have our physical, mental, and spiritual lives, at least roughly in balance, we can pretty much deal with anything. Our guests today are gonna help us do just that. Where do you need to boost your health? So Edie, Carrie made these for us. Mm. They certainly look spectacular. See how oh. these taste. Whoa, oh. Oh, I yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> this from a wine drinker, Carrie. Wow. So, so you, you, mm. you hit a home run here. I kind of feel it already. <laughs> oh good, well this will make for a better interview. <laughs> Woo! All right, I'm ready. So my guest is Edie Eisendesser. That's my name. She went from cheerleader to radio sales executive to grand diplomat culinary of the French Culinary Institute of New York, right? Yes, we. Oui. And now founder of Garden of Edie. Uh, Garden of Edie. Garden yes. of Edie, right. How do you go from being a, a radio sales executive to a, you know, a, a, a classically trained chef. I think there is one common denominator. Well, there's probably a lot of common denominators, but creativity. So you have to be creative even in cheerleading because you're coming up with cheers, you're coming up with okay. flips. You're, you have to be creative. You have to get people excited. So how do you get people excited? So that's another thing, getting people excited. So when I was in sales and then sales management, Again, you have to be really creative for your clients to increase their revenue. And you have to be very creative in inspiring your sales staff. And you have to get them excited to want to go and work but have fun at the same time instead of getting stressed out. And so then the Garden of Edie was just kind of being excited, trying to inspire, being creative. And it all started because I had terrible high blood pressure. And that came from radio sales. Okay, well that I can understand. So radio is a straight commission. I was really a go-getter, a fear of failure, and I just went after it. I'd work from 6.30 in the morning till like 8 o'clock at night and on the weekends. And one day I was driving and I called my doctor and I said, I think my heart's going to explode. I really, feel, I really feel like it's going to explode. He says, get in here right now. So I drove right to my doctor and he took my blood pressure. He said, oh, you have high blood pressure. It's genetic. No big deal. You'll just take a pill. I said, for how long? Like, how long does it take to fix it? He says, this doesn't fix. You'll take the pill for the rest of your life. 
I said, a pill doesn't fix it? What's the point of a pill? I don't understand. Like, what's, I don't get this. So fast forward, 20-something years later, I learned that a whole food plant-based diet could reverse high blood pressure very easily. No so, pills. And, but as I understand it, Garden of Eden is not just food. It's, it's really holistic. It's, it's mental, emotional, it's, it's spiritual. Really what Edie is doing sounds a lot like my you know, three pillars of attainment, right? Physical, mental, spiritual. So how do these other aspects come into what, what would otherwise seem to be primarily a food focus? Well, again, it kind of started with me being a cheerleader. Uh, my, my parents taught me, if you have a good attitude, you'll have a good life. And as a cheerleader, you know, some people don't like you. A lot of people love you. But the whole thing is about having a good attitude and treating everyone with respect and loving everyone and caring for everyone. So I learned if you have a good attitude, you'll have a good life. If you have a bad attitude, not so easy. So that's the attitude and then the gratitude and then the healthy, delicious food that helped me reverse my high blood pressure. But when I was talking to a, a life coach and I was saying, here I am in my uh, late 40s, and I was ready to do something more with my life. I had just gotten married, I wasn't working anymore, and I just knew I had more to give, more to do. And he just kind of got it all out of me that I just could cook and teach people how to cook, but there was so much more to life than cooking. And all these things that I've trained myself on just through life living, uh, I said, you know what? I've been able to really curate this amazing life for myself. Is it perfect? No. I mean, absolutely not. But I have the tools to stay happy most of the time. And that's what I thought, you know, with Garden of Edie, it's kind of biblical, and I know you know a lot more about that than me, but it really is um, going back to your roots and eating from the garden and eating the healthy foods and having the right attitude so that you can tweak your brain to be happy, you know, and having love and compassion for others. So that's the Garden of Edie. So it, it is interesting because if you look at the, the story of the Garden of Eden, originally we were not meant to eat anything but plants. That was, that was God's original design. It didn't work out quite that way, obviously. So, so you've really picked a name for your business that's reflective of, of the sort of spiritual roots, at least Western spiritual roots, for sure. So for someone who... Um, wants to or needs to get started on this path. Maybe they're, maybe they're having you know, high blood pressure like, like, you, like you had. Or arthritis or, or diabetes. We right. could go on and any on of these, and on. Right, any of these Anything. kind of chronic health challenges right, that, that people face. How, how does somebody get started on this? Because you can't do it all at once, right? You get overwhelmed. So how, where, where do you begin? If you want to reverse some sort of disease, I would say the first thing to do is cut out all the processed food. You know, cut out, everyone knows what junk food is. We all, don't we all know what junk food is? And so, we, when I was young, I used to think when you eat something, what does it matter? It comes out of you. I mean, I didn't know it really was so important to every tissue, every cell, everything in your whole entire body. What we put in our mouth really makes a huge difference in our health and how we feel and how we think also. So every time you put something in your mouth, say, is this healthy? So is it fruit? Is it vegetables, steamed vegetables? Lots of fruit, lots of vegetables. Crowd out all everything else. So instead of, you know, a candy bar, eat some dates with apple. It's delicious. It's so good. You can really find things to eat 
uh, that will make you really happy. And as you eat it, that's where the attitude comes in. Instead of saying, oh, shoot, I really wanted that Oreo cookie. I really wanted it. Well, think about, well, what good is that doing in your body? And then have your date and the apple and just know, wow, when I take this bite, all this nutrients, antioxidants, and all this health is just flooding my body and making me feel good. So you have to kind of work on that attitude. So the two have, they have to go in conjunction. And have compassion for yourself because you're going to not, you're going to screw up. So say, that's okay, that's okay. The next meal, I'm going to eat something to counterbalance that. Oh, okay. So, so the idea is, 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 is not be so tough on yourself, I guess, that you, you lose um, the incentive to keep improving a little bit by a little bit. Is that, is that well, where we're going the for? the way or? I did it, and it's it very, everybody's so different. But let's just say you say, okay, you know what? I really want to go on a plant-based diet. I really want to be good. But I know I can't do it. Okay, so the first thing you do is, I mean, there's, it's all on the internet. There's a lot of books out there. You can go on Garnavidi and learn as well um, and direct message me or email me or whatever and I can help you. But sometimes for me, if I just go strict, even just for one day, just one day, today I'm going to be all plant-based. What am I going to have? I'm going to have oatmeal and fruit for breakfast. I'm going to have an apple in midday. Then I'm going to have a big smoothie filled with ball blueberries and bananas and spinach and all this. And then you plan your day and just eat every few hours. Then you'll have a cucumber apple juice. And then you'll have another apple with some dates. And you'll have a huge salad with lots of beans and rice and potatoes and vegetables and really filling delicious, healthy stuff. And so one of the, one of the things I hear from people when I, when I talk about this is... Well, I mean, I, I, I have to eat meat or, or, what, or at least right. fish because I need protein. Right. So, so what, what do we do? Because protein is a basic you know, building block. I know for myself that was one of the main things that my health coach told me is you need to move some of your diet from carbohydrates to protein in order to slim up. So how do, how do we deal with that in a, in a plant-based world? Yes, we need a little protein, but we don't need a lot. Like 10% or so of our diet can be protein. It comes from vegetables. It comes from beans. It comes from legumes. You can eat a lot of protein, healthy, healthy protein that way, but you, you don't need it. And my doctor always says, you know how I can tell if you have a protein deficiency? And I said, how? He says, you can't walk into the office. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think on that note, I don't know. What, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't top that. So I'm going I'm to thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. It's terrific. And I, I know I'm a big follower of thank especially you. your, your Instagram uh, page. It's, it's just wonderful. The, the food is spectacular. And I love teaching little cooking tips. That could be for if you're carnivore or not. Just really cute, fun, quick and easy tips. Uh, uh, yeah, and I see them. I see them on Instagram all the time. Thanks, I, Kevin. It's just it's 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 beautiful, beautiful work. Well, here's to your health and the entire audience's health. Thanks so much. How can you build a stronger mindset? So, my next guest is Dr. Bob Sanders. If there is a place in the world a person can scuba dive that Bob has not scuba dove at, I, I can't begin to tell you where that is, including having scuba dived in Antarctica twice, right? Twice. Actually, I've been down four times. Oh, four times. Okay. Four times scuba diving in Antarctica. So that's, that, that is a committed scuba diver. <laughs> Along the way, he did a stint at the Metropo Metropolitan Opera in New York. And now he is a dive doctor at NASA. I've known Bob for 
gosh, it's got to be three or four decades. And he has always had an abiding passion for scuba diving. And so the reason I asked Bob to be on the show today is, is to explore where does that kind of passion come from? So we hear a lot about that these days. Live your passion. Find your passion and, and get a job in your passion, which is what Bob did. Where does that come from? How do we do that? And, and for, for someone who's, who's living that life, I mean, are you actually living that life every moment? So, so Bob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to you and, and explore with us where did that passion come from? That is a fascinating question, Kevin. And for something that is as detailed and as ingrained as that, um, I must say it would have been nice for a little preparation for that question. Uh, but where does the passion come from? This is from? the benefits of you know, having, being friends for so long is I can spring this stuff on you and you know, kind of you know, throw you under the bus. You sure can. Thank you. <laughs> Scuba diving has been an expression of what has been a place where I feel safe and I feel comfortable and can explore and compete and escape. And that's the water and the ocean. The ocean has been magical for me since I was very, very young. I can remember being eight or nine, growing up in Los Angeles, playing in Santa Monica Bay, getting pounded by waves, and actually wondering if I was going to make it out of there because the waves were so strong. But I always did. And the ocean is a magical place. It is so powerful, so strong, that we know we can never control it. And yet, it is so welcoming, welcoming to the life that lives there. It has so many different environments, so many different ecosystems. And really, when we come there, it's welcoming. When I turned 14, I did very well in school. My dad said, you can have anything you want. Somehow, I chose scuba lessons. And the moment of that first breath underwater, the moment that I realized all of the sudden, 70% of the world has just opened up to me. I knew this was something I really enjoyed. But it didn't become the overwhelming passion that it has become now uh, until probably late high school, around the time I met you, around the time that I was trying to learn who I was. I was trying to break the mold that my parents had set up for me. I had the opportunity in college to learn about a program that was going on in Antarctica and discuss that. And all of a the sudden, they invited me to join them and to work in Antarctica as a scuba diver. And then I had opportunities to volunteer and help out others on a fundraiser for the Catalina Hyperbaric Chamber. When I was there, I ran into someone whom I had met because of the work I had done in Antarctica. And now he invited me to apply for a scholarship so that I could work at the Catalina Hyperbaric Chamber and work as a hyperbaric technician. That opportunity took me to the next level. And now I had the opportunity to become a diving medical technician, which gave me the opportunity to work with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and volunteer with them as a public safety diver. That opportunity brought me into the motion picture studio, and I was able to provide diving safety services for the film and television studio. Now I found these passions, the work I was doing at the chamber, the work I was doing for the 
LA County Sheriff. The work I was doing for the studios was really taking me to the next level and I wanted to learn more. I could learn more. How could I do that? Well, the logical next step was to go to medical school and really achieve the highest level I could achieve in diving safety and diving medicine, which was to become board certified in underseen hyperbaric medicine. So you, you said, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna interrupt you um, for, for a moment. You said something that I, I found fascinating and, and I think the viewers probably do too, and that is you found the ocean and being in the water a safe space. I, when I think of being in the ocean, getting you know, caught in a wave, like um, body surfing, that kind of thing, uh, it, it freaks me out. I mean, it's, it's the stuff of nightmares, but, but it's, your, it's your safe place. So you, you, you were evidently unaffected by how other people perceive the ocean, or how most other people perceive the ocean. Is, is that, is that, or did you, were you not aware of, of how most people perceived it? That's an excellent question. I was aware of how people perceive it, and even myself, I would find myself in places where, yes, I knew that I was in a dangerous situation because of big waves. It's safe in that we, have, we are not going to overcome it. It is going to be what it is going to be. The, the ocean is a force not to be reckoned with, but to be accepted and to join it. What it sounds like to me is you developed a symbiotic relationship with, with the ocean. So you recognized its power, but you worked within it. You, and yet you also had a sense of some kind of control. Have, have, have you, where, in, where else in your life have you seen that develop, if, if elsewhere in your life? That is really a fascinating insight that I have never even considered. But you're right on. It really has been a symbiotic relationship. Even in my current career, because of the dangers of the ocean, I have the career I have. But I think that symbiosis, that partnership, is what we look for in our relationships, in friendships, in our relationships with our partners who become our life partners forever and really that person that we rely on. We know we don't want to control them. We want them to have their power and their say, their voice, but at the same time, they can make us better. They, the ocean, the force of the ocean has enabled me to become an expert in something. My wife, she is my rock, and she enables me to become a better person. You as a friend, and what you have offered me throughout our life together has helped me, helped my relationship, helped me grow and become the person I am today. But I, I haven't thought of the ocean playing that role, but I think your insight is very accurate. I, there's really a, a, a theme here, and I, I think, and tell me how this strikes you, that, um, and, and, and likewise with my wife, um, she challenges me, not in a negative way, in a positive way. So to be, to be a better husband, to be a better man, to be a better father, all, all, all the time. Um, and, and in the same way, it, it sounds like, you know, being in the ocean 
it, it's a constant challenge, but in a positive way. Yes, it can turn out badly, and I can have a, you know, an argument with my wife or do something, you know, colossally stupid, like I do, you know, on a daily basis, right? <laughs> but but it, it's it's that 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 sense of challenge and and the. Um, the need to meet it, somehow it seems to me that that's, that's a meeting place and not just in interpersonal relationships, um, but, but in, you know, throughout the realms of our life. How does, how does that strike you? I would have to agree with you 100%. And I agree with the idea of challenge. I had a young man who I had met through teaching diving, and he was becoming an Eagle Scout. And his scout troop has the Eagles, has their parent reach out to someone who is influential to the scout, write a letter on their behalf. So I did. And when in his thank you letter, he did ask me one question. He said, if you could give me, 17-year-old, starting my career, going off to college, one piece of advice, what would it be? And the piece of advice I could come up with is just say yes. We live in a world of just say no. But the advice is just say yes. Just say yes to opportunity. Don't fear a challenge, but embrace it and accept it. Opportunities don't present themselves every day, but if you take advantage of one, it will lead to the other. And I look back, if I had not taken the opportunity to follow you at Santa Monica CPR, and go on and volunteer and teach. I would not have learned the teaching skills that I have learned, which took me on to become a dive instructor and have just gone from there. If I didn't take the opportunity to take a class in electron microscopy in college, I wouldn't, I just wanted to take pretty pictures, by the way, <laughs> I wouldn't have had the opportunity to go to Antarctica. So that's a key, key step is just say yes to opportunity. Accept the challenge. Don't shy from it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let, let that stand as, as the, the, the sort of summing up of this interview. I, I, I love that. Just say yes. Bob, Dr. Bob Sanders, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Way to Wow show. And, I, you know, look forward to hearing even more great things coming from you and also from your amazing daughter who, who, who seems to be following in her father's footsteps. So thank, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us today. And before we wrap it up, I would just like to give a gift to your viewers. I know that's something that you've asked from us. And so what I would like to offer as a thought of who I am is this. This is our NBL sticker. So it's our logo at the Neutral Buoyancy Lab, which is the big pool where we work together to train astronauts for spacewalks. It has the astronaut and the diver working together, which really is a big part of my life. So I would like to offer this to your viewers. Well, and uh, through the magic of, of the, way, the Way to Wow show, it just so happens I have one here, and I'm going to put it up on the collage that's right up on the board there. Give me one second. Can you catch this as I go up? Okay. And I'm going to put this here. And you, my friend, are now a permanent part of the Way to Wow show. And thank you. Tell us again, how, sh how should we approach life? There's one thing, I, one piece of advice I give to life, and that is just say yes. Say yes to opportunity. There you are, folks. You heard it from the man who has scuba doved everywhere and is living out his dreams virtually on a daily basis. Just say yes. 
Thanks so much, Bob. Appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Kevin. That's our show for this week. Stay tuned next week when my guest will be international business celebrity Jeffrey Hazlett. Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, you're still my bell. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.